0: What's up, family? I'm Kenny V. Hawkins, a 23-year-old author and entrepreneur. Welcome back to the best podcast in the universe. So today I'm going to get right into it. First and foremost, happy Black History Month to all the multicultural people who are Black, the brothers, the sisters, the allies, and all alike. It's time to celebrate. I want to start this podcast off actually on that note, and I wanted to go ahead and talk about my current list of the most impactful Black figures for the culture. Number one, Kenneth Bryant Hawkins II, multi-time author, founded a software company at only 20 in the healthcare field. Ah, just a great, great man. Number two, I want everyone to talk about EYL, Earn Your Leisure. They've done a great job developing their network. Troy and Rashad, two, two Black men who started on instagram actually started putting out content as uh, a teacher and a financial advisor they were able to take over and dominate the education space and really carve out a lane showing a class of people who thought wealth was obtainable that it's not uh i went to one of their conferences um last august Investfest, atlanta it was amazing i've never in my life met uh or been in an environment full of thousands of thousands of people I personally was able to meet four billionaires all black. So that blew my mind. And just seeing the amount of growth that people who look like me have had in that space, in the space of business, in the space of entrepreneurship uh, is was really, really inspiring to say the least. Um, one of the people who I met there was actually Don Peebles. Don Peebles is a great man. He's a billionaire, he's a black man, One of his notable accomplishments is he's actually leading the charge to build Affirmation Tower in New York. So that is a really big deal because he is building the tallest building on this hemisphere in the middle of New York. And it's going to be built by a black man. So how could I not include him on that list? Number four, I want to talk about Idris Sandu. Idris has been partnering, not working for, but partnering with big tech giants like Google, since he was in middle school. He worked closely with Nipsey Hussle right before he passed to develop all of the technologies around the Marathon store. He's carving away through Web3, AI, VR, AR, all these different disruptive technologies. He started his own company combining blockchain and fashion um, called Spatial Labs, and that's funded by Jay-Z. He's a young dude, he's in his 20s. And uh, I had an opportunity to watch him speak as well about the future of technology so i definitely wanted to include him on this list the timing's right for this one so number 5 i i thought lebron james would be fitting on this list mostly because he just solidified the goat status by um getting that 38,000 39,000 mark for points uh at 38 years old so go figure when michael jordan was at 38 years old he was in a wizards jersey or whatever the fuck um pinky cole number six so she's the uh, creator of slutty vegan her and her husband both were in the food space they did ghost kitchens now she signed a very lucrative multi-million dollar deal um, to go retail i'm pretty sure she signed with target as well as some other major retailers and i just feel like in general seeing where she was able to take it um, in the atlanta area was very very inspiring for a lot of people To never give up, because a lot of people told her that slutty vegan would not work, but the demand was there and she was very strategic with the way that she scaled her company. Uh, Number seven and eight, I guess, but I'm just counting them as one, the Carters, B and J. So everybody's raving. They're selling kidneys to go to this Beyonce tour. Beyonce is doing a tour. I don't know if it's a world tour or not, but I know that uh, it has caused quite a buzz. And I'm um, very excited to see, like, how... Because I do think that she is a great performer. I, I just really want to see how far the tickets go in terms of the resale market, in terms of just how high the demand is. It's very astonishing, actually, uh, As along with her body of work in general. um, Yeah, I would have to... I would be hard-pressed if I didn't include her in Jay-Z. Jay-Z, I included him because... He just, within the past four days, signed or uh, got $750 multi dollar, uh, I don't know if it was a settlement or a contract um, because of Ducey from the Bacardi company. So I mean, just another Billy close to it. So I had to include him on this list as well. So uh, it's controversial. I know I'll get some backlash for including myself on this list, but it's my list, so If you don't think that you're at the top of your game, then what are you even doing? Right? (laughs) You got to be your biggest hype man or else no one else will. So moving on past that, a little bit about the stock market and crypto market. Uh, In the past couple months, it's been performing greatly. Had 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 great, great charts, great uh, growth in January and February so far. So I just wanted to give a little bit about top predictions um, for the investment space as a whole. I think going into this year, Bitcoin will hit uh, around 35K by July. Last time I checked, it was in the low 20s, might have been bouncing around 23, 24K. I think it might reject back down and then uh, swing to the upside and it'll probably, I mean, I'm not a financial advisor fiduciary, I'm just a brother with some game and a laptop, but I I do think that it will swing to the upside by July and hit that 35K mark and uh, peak another rally for the crypto mark. In addition to that, the Feds have been getting less aggressive with their predictions for interest rates. So, I mean, I think all these rate hikes were to be expected with the quantitative easing that they did. What that means is they printed so much money in a short amount of time. I think the most amount of money ever printed was printed in a two-year time during the pandemic or the pandemic. So... They have to raise interest rates to kind of combat inflation. That's just like the uh, economics of it all. But I really do think that with the stock market and the crypto markets doing a, a upswing, I, I think that they are going to be a little bit less, aggress- uh, less aggressive than anticipated. Um, going into the sectors, I think Apple will skyrocket upon the release of their VR goggles. Apple is supposed to drop VR goggles later this year or the beginning of next year, but I think it's going to be this year. I cannot wait for that because, uh, disclosure, Apple is my number one position, and I do think that they are going to go crazy. So just to piggyback off of that, I also think that Microsoft is going to go crazy, and let me tell you why. So everybody's talking about ChatGPT. ChatGPT is a a product owned by a company, OpenAI. OpenAI was bought out in part by Microsoft, I'm pretty sure. Everything that I say, by the way, fact check, do your own research. I'm not a fiduciary. I'm not a financial advisor, but so I did see this happen in the past week. Microsoft was able to integrate and merge ChatGPT, the AI surrounding ChatGPT with their search engine Bing. So already ChatGPT was making Google search engine look absolutely obsolete and archaic. So couple that with now they're integrating that into their own native search engine Bing which I haven't heard shit about Bing in years. I forgot it was still around, honestly. I think this is going to be a huge move for Microsoft in terms of their revenue and I think that in their user base. And I think that they're going to also have a huge rip to the upside. Um, On the same token, everyone has heard about the NFT craze that happened a couple years ago. One of my predictions for this year is most of the top NFT companies, top NFT companies in quotation marks, um, will be rebranding as AI companies to hop on the train. Most of the NFT companies at the time when they were created were just hype trains to begin with. A lot of them were scams. Gary Vee was quoted and, you know, take what Gary Vee says with a grain of salt, but he was quoted to say 98 to 99% of NFTs are scams and will go to zero. I agree. I think that around 98% of NFTs will go to zero. Um, it's because they were created with no intrinsic value. They were created as hype jobs. So I think that it's only you know, fitting to just switch the hype trains. NFTs were popping. Now the AI craze is going off. Um, so I, I think that a lot of these AIs, similar to like Lenza, You know, I had my sister ask me today, she was like, what's the difference, this is a silly question, but she said, what's the difference between cartoons and AI generated portraits or whatever? And I had to explain to her, at the end of the day, a lot of people are getting finessed by companies like Lenza, because they're charging like, I don't know, five to ten dollars to get those portraits done, AI portraits of you as an avatar, or you as a king, or you in whatever, and... Really, Lenza as a company, they're just using similar companies uh, to open AI and just getting those mock-ups and computer-generated images for free. So they have you pay 5 to $10, and then they go to a separate company uh, with an AI base, and they generate those images for free. It, the lack of education on new technologies will really, really be interesting as people start to um, drop products into the consumer market, and the everyday person gets exposed to some of these new things like AI. AI, AR, VR, all these new technologies are going to be interesting. Uh, on that same topic, on that same subject, uh, I found it so interesting. I wanted to get into this a little bit. Uh, I predict that the metaverse will be a huge, huge mistake for uh, Facebook, now known as Meta's budget, by the end of the year. So Facebook has been killing it with reels. Outside of reels, or uh, they have not really had... The greatest success. They've put a lot of money into that metaverse campaign. And I just I feel like we're just not there yet. Technology wise, I feel like other companies will do better. Microsoft will do better with the metaverse uh initiative. Apple with the VR goggles, they're gonna kill it. But I, I just feel like Facebook didn't have the infrastructure and they were just throwing a hail Mary as a company. So that's just a little bit about my predictions. Um, going into the investment space for the next year. Let's see what comes true or if I'll have egg on my face, so to speak. Um, Most of this year has been spent, so we're in early February. All of last month, I was super, super disciplined, the most disciplined I've ever been in my life. I worked out almost every single day. I cut my vices. I cut back on drinking and any other vice I had. I was able to dedicate myself to my schooling, my skill sets, and just I really wanted to focus on adding a lot of value. Adding a lot of value, not only that, but staying consistent as well, you know, focusing on my health, focusing on my mental, focusing on showing up for myself every single day. How do I want to add value? I want to, I want to go into just dropping gems and dropping a bunch of gems that people could execute on immediately. You know, so that being said, here are five streams of income. You could start today with a low startup cost. Um, And I wanted to talk about this specifically because we've been going through a time of like economic downturn in the past few years because of inflation, because of the shaky job market, because of the political cycle, XYZ, XYZ. Um, So starting off, have you ever wanted to share your thoughts, opinions, your experiences with the world? Do you have a story that you want to share, you want to tell people? but you struggle to get it down on paper, you struggle to sit down and just really figure out how to communicate your advice or your experience. Well, the one thing I should tell you is you should write a book. I say this to everyone, it's like a broken record. Kenny, why, can, why should I write a book? I have nothing to write about, I'm too young. I'm, I'm not accomplished enough. I haven't had the success to really dictate a book Oh, I don't have uh, the time. I don't know how to start. Everyone has something that they excel at. You know, you should never undermine the value that you could provide to somebody else. Writing a book is not just a way to express yourself. But on top of that, it's a way to connect with others, really. The way that I look at it, honestly, is... Through your words, you could touch somebody else's life and impact them in ways that you couldn't even imagine, even if it's just escapism. You don't know the value that that has for somebody else, you know. The reasons why you should write a book, everybody has something that they excel at. And even if you don't, you have your own personalized, unique perspective on the world. And like I said, you don't know who might take value away from that. Name something else you could do once and monetize for the rest of your life. Think about a company like Apple. They have a lot of overhead. They make a lot of money though, have the most cash of any company. But at the end of the day, day in and day out, they have to make new technologies, make new phones, innovate their software, innovate their operating systems. Now compare that to someone like JK Rowling. She sold a billion dollars worth of product with something that she wrote one time. Name something else you could do once and monetize for the rest of your life. Digital products are just the way to go in that way. And I think a book is just a very, very niche and good way to have an entry into digital products. You know, you need to think about this. What comes easier to you than it does to others? What do you excel at naturally? You need to take that. Take a bulleted list of the steps that you took to master that craft or just common questions that people ask you regarding that craft. Write it down or even voice to text. You know, you could use a voice memos app, speak it and get that uh, speech transcribed into text, chop that up into chapters. There's ways to do it. I'm so tired of excuses. I don't have much to talk about. I don't have uh, time. I don't have resources. Who's going to listen? Those are all doubt, negative thoughts and excuses, you know. And what I found is whether you think you can write a book or you think you can't, you're correct both ways. You know, that's a very powerful thing to actually internalize and realize. So I'll say it again. Whether you think you can do something or you think you can't, either way, you're right. You're correct. You know, it's up to you. Going into the second stream of income, that's super easy to start right now. Uh, This is a split between sponsorship, UGC, and micro-influencing brand deals. So sponsorship, that's if you have some type of micro-influence following or maybe a podcast or maybe a book or something that you're doing. Um, Same thing with UGC. You're a micro-influencer or maybe you just have a brand that you already use that you like. You can go ahead... Uh, hit them up or hit up their marketing department, wherever, if they offer UGC programs. UGC stands for user-generated content. And super simple, just record reels, TikToks, small videos, short pictures um, of you in real time using their product, and you can get paid for that. My uh, girlfriend, actually, she started doing UGC last year, and it's so interesting because two months before she did that, she actually came to me and told me, It's impossible for her to get a contract because she doesn't have a set amount of followers. She's like, I don't have that many followers. Who will pay me to do this? My girlfriend studies marketing. She also understands consumers and very much so because she's a consumer. She loves to shop. And she daily puts people onto health products, gym outfits, uh, things in that niche, in that nature. And one day she just went ahead and went for it. And she was able to secure a contract paying her. I'm not going to say the amount, but paying her a certain amount of money per month. So it's definitely doable. And she has less than uh, 5,000 followers as a micro-influencer creating UGC. I think they're paying her to do four reels every month, and she got paid three figures per month. I'll say that. Uh, So it's definitely possible. It's something to look at. And again, it doesn't have to be like, you know, the flat tummy tees or the gym shark. It could be whatever aligns with your brand. That's the great thing about micro-influencing. You don't need a huge following. You just need to be uh, consistent and communicate brand ideals, you know, have it align with your brand so it's really natural. That's, like, the best part about that. Um, Yeah, just a little bit about, like, a little bit more info on what a micro-influencer is. So how micro-influencers work, there's a niche focus, like I said. Use a product that you already use that aligns with your brand. If you're into hunting, maybe you're getting uh, sponsored by a knife company or like an outdoors company. If you're into makeup, maybe it's makeup, whatever it is, find your niche. Have authentic engagement. If you're already posting and you're already using these things, why not just monetize off what you already do? It'll come across super authentic, super honest, and people won't feel like they're always being sold on something. You know, it's cost effective for the companies rather than spending huge, huge, huge amounts of money on huge budgets on ads and models and uh, script writing for these products. You already have customers who use it. Just have them make uh, low cost ads and effectively add to people who are similar to them. Um, It works the same with sponsorships, so to speak, and then. In real time, using social media, you could track results and send those metrics back and use that to as leverage to negotiate contracts with other companies. Uh, once you build up a good portfolio of this, it's super lucrative to scale over time. Um, the third stream of income that I really feel like is a good thing to learn for the long term is going to be investing slash trading. So, this is a, like really a long-term play, but it's a skill set that has a lot of payoff in the long run if you understand early on what works well for you. So what I mean by that is you could start small. You could start by opening up an account. Uh, I started by opening up an account and kind of treating it as a savings account. I also have a, retire- a Roth IRA for my retirement fund that I won't touch until I'm like in my 50s or 60s That is a long-term play as well. But essentially, I started by coupling a savings account and just realizing that I'm getting 0.0001% interest on my money, and I'm going to save this money regardless. Might as well move it to a separate account from my bank, make it a bit less accessible so there's extra steps so I can't just transfer from checkings to savings to checkings and savings, so I could be a bit more responsible with it, as well as uh, invest long term in things and companies that I think will be around and prosper in the next fifty years. So, yeah, you could start small. You could start with ten dollars. You could smart, You could start. Uh, I always say this: if you spend a certain amount of money on your vices, great advice is whatever you spend on your vices in a month, put that toward paying yourself. And you you got to train your brain to not think about it as ooh, you're putting your money into. Um, you're just throwing your money away no it's almost like you have a army each dollar is a soldier and you're making that soldier go recruit more soldiers instead of just sending that soldier off to war with no weapons you know over time have your money work for you even if you put in ten dollars into an investment account per week or per month that's going to be better in the next 10 years than you not doing anything um especially because of inflation. We're living in high inflation times. So yeah, the potential for growth is super high, especially the younger you start because of compound interest. If you don't know about compound interest, I'm not going to get into it right now. It's very, very complex, but actually not that complex because the younger you start, the more earning potential you have, so to speak. Um, Diversification. I think that you should save, but it's good to diversify for interest, for, for a bunch of different reasons. For example, Save your money, right? I, I think personally you should save 15% of your money. You should invest 15% of your money. The reason why is because it's good to have liquid cash savings in case you need to make a purchase or have an emergency or something like that. It's also good to have diversified investments for the case of uh, a hedge against inflation, for the case of exposure to different markets and different asset classes. Asset classes are like you know stocks, crypto, Real estate, commodities like gold. If you own uh, oil under your house, if you have the land rights to your house, that's an asset. A bunch of different things, but exposure is the key, you know. Um, and last but not least, financial freedom in this way, investing can provide you with a source of passive income, so you can literally separate your time from your money. That's what passive. That's what the key is about passive income. Uh, I know it's easier said than done. We live in hard times. People have priorities. But at the same time, I've seen these same people who say, oh, I just can't afford it. I can't afford it. Spend $300 on weed in a month or spend, you know, 75 bucks every single weekend on drinks at the club. So I just feel like it's a priority thing and not necessarily a circumstantial thing. Sometimes it is circumstantial. You know, we all have different rates of growth in different places that we're at financially and stuff like that. But it's just good to just be honest with yourself, you know, not not make excuses, but just meet yourself where you're at and be honest in that way. So that's why I think uh, investing is good. And just the keys to what I do in my own investment journey, I'm never going to say stuff that I don't do or look into, and I'm not a financial advisor. But as of right now, the two tech, two index formula, meaning get a investment account, get... Apple, Microsoft, QQQ, uh, SPY, you could do VTI or VOO, any of these companies, I feel like are great buys for the long term, hold for 10 years and you'll make money, or at least hopefully you will. I'm not a financial advisor, but that's what I do. Um, next would be rental arbitrage or tax deed options on land. So. The number one thing that I love about uh, going to InvestFest last August was meeting Don Peebles. Don Peebles, he's a young black man. He owned all the Royal Palms uh, hotels in Miami when he was in his early 20s. And he was able to scale that up to now he's worth over a billion dollars. Back in 2012, Forbes had him listed at like 800 million. Ever since that came out, he stopped cooperating and stopped talking to them. He's well over the billy mark right now, like I said. Anyways, so real estate is very, very lucrative. It's a leveraging business. It's leveraging game. And obviously for people who don't have the income to put 20 to 30% down, or maybe they just don't wanna be tied to a 30 year mortgage and want the responsibility of ownership of a house, rental arbitrage or even uh, tax deed auctions are a great way to get into the real estate game without actually having to buy a house. So what I'm talking about when I talk about real estate is not becoming an agent. There's nothing wrong with becoming an agent. Personally, I don't want to become an agent just because I don't want to give tours of houses. Um, But on the investment side of things, it is very, very interesting to do rental arbitrage. That is basically when you are leasing, commercial leasing, somebody else's property, renting it out to others for cash flow. Uh, tax deed auctions on land specifically, that is when you go to your county clerk website. Every single month, they hold auctions on foreclosed uh, properties or land deals. So you can get land deals for very, very low. You pay the taxes due on it, um, and then you can flip it or sell it. And it's very similar to uh, like foreclosed upon houses, but I just find land to be very tangible, a lot more tangible than houses because you might not have to worry about like the quality or repair of getting a house that has like a horrible foundation, might need a new roof, new electrical and all of those headaches. So me personally, I'm looking to get into the rental uh, space by my birthday. So I'm looking to acquire probably like a two bedroom unit and I'll keep you guys posted with how that goes. But a little bit on how to get started in that space specifically, you have to get incorporated you know, you have to actually build a business around this. You can't necessarily just kind of keep things in your personal name. It's very, very smart to separate your personal from your business in terms of accounts, finances, and just day-to-day operations. So get incorporated. Start an actual business. That's step number one. Step number two would be get funding for a property. So not only can you use other people's properties, but you could leverage other people's money to get other people's property. What I'm talking about is once you're incorporated, you can get a uh, credit line or a line of equity from a bank. There's multiple banks. Key bank has good lines of equity, Amex. They do a 15 to 24 month zero interest program. So that is you're paying no interest on your money for startup costs initially. And then outside of that, I would say like Don people said for all of his deals, he uses uh, other people's money in terms of bank funding to do 60% of the deal the other 40% of his real estate deals he's doing crowdfunding from his own personal financing or people who are close to him so that is an excellent formula to get started with into real estate with low uh, startup funding so uh, then you you know commercial lease a property you say hey you find a property on zillow redfin or wherever you're looking at you say hey are you taking business applicants i have a business i have a website I do this professionally. I'm going to blah blah blah, blah. Um, sign a commercial lease to your business. Then you just market the property and you can cash flow. There's obviously more steps to that, but that's just that in a nutshell. So, uh, it's a great way to find you know cheap deals into which you can get into that produces cash flow. Uh, lastly, I wanted to go into the skill set of coaching. So. I find coaching to be so so wonderful. It's a service-based business, but at the end of the day, why not coach somebody on a skill set that you already have, that you already excel at? It just makes so much sense. Now, this could take form in a bunch of different ways. You could coach as a tutor, educational tutor, financial tutor. I have a friend, she knows a bunch of languages. She tutors kids. She she's a coach to a certain regard. I have another friend He's a fitness coach. He's been training people for like 10 years, which is an excellent business because he already is fit. He already understands the skill set. Why not help people? Uh, You could be a business coach. I have people who are close to me who are business coaches. They help people get started opening businesses or just maybe streamlining and running their businesses that they already have. Uh, You could even be a mental counselor or a mental coach. This, I think you have to get some type of certification or license for to do. Uh, at a professional level, but you could always coach in something that you're already good at. Um, I find this to be so, so great. Like uh, there's holistic coaches who are just people who focus on improving their own health. And then, boom, now they started a coaching business to where they could help people get healthier. That is such a great uh, skill set inside um, income stream to go into to just really scale up and kind of diversify. So, And the best part about the coaching thing is it's not like you have to learn a new skill. You can leverage a skill that you already have to bring in new channels of income and revenue. So I just find that to be so amazing. So I'm going to wrap it up here, guys. But before we leave, I just want to say go to alwaysstayhungry.com. I have three new books available. How High Can a Fly Fly Edition 2, A Day Late and A Dollar Short. It's my second book that I put out on financial literacy and Bold Beginnings in Blockchain. It's my third book, all available. You can pay whatever you want I Always Stay Hungry. And thank you so much for watching.